Greetings, gentle beings, and welcome to Rip EU, the Star Wars Expanded Universe podcast that is true from a certain point of view. I am your co-host, Ben Camo. And I am James Murphy. And today we are talking about X-Wing Wedge's Gamble, the second novel in the exciting series. So says the book. Um, uh, I'm very, uh, I'm very excited to talk about it. Top of the hour, I wanted to say thank you to those of you who have interacted with us on Instagram and on Facebook. You are the heroes, not us. You guys, the true, true MVPs <laughs> of this podcast. We still appreciate it. Um, we greatly appreciate it. It's it's a lot of fun. We do this. We do this for everyone that um, for for everyone that listens. Uh, and just like a little bit for us, but mostly for you guys. <laughs> it's, it's actually mostly just for us, but whatever. Uh, well, mostly we're the people that download it. Uh, <laughs> I think all thirteen plays in the last episode were just from me and Ben. So, <laughs> um, so um, it's uh, it's great to have you on board. We're great to have you guys. So we're going to talk about Wedges Gamble, a novel um, written in '96 by Michael Stackpole. Stackpole that I. Don't remember reading as a kid whatsoever, but I must have. <laughs> Is that true? Do you do you think you read all of these X-Wing books? I think so. I mean, some of the ones that were written not by Stackpole. Uh, oh, like some, not, of, some of the later ones. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure, but I know I read um, Back to War, Kratos Trap, the first one. I don't remember the cover of this one very much, but I must have because I remember uh, everything that happens. You, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like all the plot all the plot points happening, I were vivid. I, I was I was right there with them. So I'm I'm pretty sure I read this one. I must I just must not have owned it. I probably got it from the library. That what's makes m- sense. What's more, 1996 than yeah, taking a book out from the library and like and like sitting in the library and like reading it. So, and, I, and then I, my, my mom yell at me for not yeah you know, like come on not being ready. <laughs> we're leaving. I uh, we're going to Wendy's. We. We disagree about this book. I think I think this is the best book we've read so far. Oh Jesus Christ. Are you serious? I'm 100% serious. I think this is this this comes very close to uh Bakura for for my favorite book so far. Wow, uh I think this book's got a pretty good 10 chapters. <laughs> you only really like the end. The end's great. So this book picks up basically where the last one left off, where uh, X-Wing still owns Borlealis, Borlias, 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 uh, and there are just ships challenging them for dominance in this system. Uh, and we get a, a almost cornhorn death scene. God, too, ooey, God too willing, good to be true. Too that good to motherfucker be true. would die. <laughs> I, lo- I love how the, the beginning, the very like, the before the first chapter, there's kind of like a prelogue that gives you kind of like corn horn in his X-wing, almost dying. And then the first chapter is just the, just that scene, but like with more description. <laughs> and then he doesn't die. He doesn't die. Like the next sentence is like, and then he's fine. <laughs> um, I definitely. Uh, what what I will. All right. So so let's give let's give credit where credit's due. The book's cool because it does give you. There's a lot of. Um, Star Wars politics. You and I complain yeah. about this all the yeah, time. Yeah. There's no Star Wars politics. Star Wars politics breaks down to uh, 
basically, you know, like like crumbles down into we're good, you're bad always. Like right. we only do good things, you only do bad things. And right. and this book um, makes it gray all over. E- everything's gray. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the decisions that the Rebel Alliance makes about bringing criminals to Coruscant is a is a very great decision yeah, matter yeah it's it's a it's a really cool so basically i don't know i guess if i was going to say the plot i was if i was going to give you an overarching synopsis the rebel alliance wants to take the capital planet of the empire coruscant and to do so they send rogue squadron on a covert mission along with a bunch of criminals that they liberate from kessel which yep. is a prison planet yep um to to aid in creating general anarchy on the on on coruscant to, to aid in the liberation of that of that planet right and and this is and this is what i think is the coolest part about this book is that most of the action doesn't take place in space it doesn't take place uh in them doing his crazy x-wing flying around what the heck's going on descriptions it's just them on the planet basically committing espionage uh trying to set up for this eventual uh resurgence for trying to find some way because in this in this book and i don't know if this is part of the movies at all this is never mentioned in the movies that coruscant has three shield systems around it basically keeping any any ship from entering its atmosphere without explicit permission from people on the ground so basically akbar and the rebellion have to find a way to land ships and land troops on the planet so uh so uh Okay, so I want to take because I, I love the invasion of Coruscant a lot. So let's do the parts that I hate first, <laughs> which is apparently the beginning of this book. So that's fine. I, <laughs> I really, this whole thing about having to go to Kessel sucks so bad. I like that Kessel. I don't know how much Kessel has been mentioned in the expanding universe up to this point because it's ninety six for, for, for us. For us, not that much. I think chronologically. It has it, it has been, uh, but the way we're doing it, no. Yeah, because I think they have they have Mo- Monmouth Duel or whatever. Who I can't remember. Monmouth Duel, I think, comes up in the what's, what's the one you like the the Jedi, Jedi one? Academy trilogy. Jedi Academy. I think Jedi, it comes Academy, up in Jedi trilogy Academy. very heavily has. I think there is a, a some alive scenes on Kessel because yeah, uh, yeah. what's his face the the guy that Kip Duran Kip Duran is a prisoner on Kessel so like yeah. they go to Kessel for a while and he's the only person that can get them around the so black I think holes. I think that guy is I think that's a crossover character and right. as we know all those books were being written at the same time so like More it's or not less, yeah. it's, it's not too surprising that there would be some collaboration but um they so the whole idea is like um uh how are we gonna say the Bothans name on the provisional council I haven't I've always so in my head it's always been Borsk Fela. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay, so the Bothan on the Provisional Council. So he comes up with this idea that he thinks that it's a really good idea. <laughs> he thinks it's a really good idea to release just homicidal uh, criminals on Coruscant. Um, well, this I, is really dumb right, to me. But I think it's, 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 it's fair to say. So basically, they have a, a meeting about what the plans are, what the optional plans are to take back Coruscant and one of them is um, basically a blockade of the planet and they decide that it's going to take the entirety of the rebel fleet to do this it will take months Uh, they have this other warlord moth uh, that's been 
hammering them. I think the opening chapter has him kind of sending a uh, some ships in to try to like challenge them with Borlius. How do you want to say this motherfucker's name? I you tell me because I don't know anymore. Z S I N J. Zinch. 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 You know, Big Z. Uh, Grandma Z. So. <laughs> The warlord, B- B- Batty Z. So he's he's like this this third. He's not really featured that much in this book, but he's always this, this peripheral kind of like bad guy character that could always start screwing them up. And um, he basically poses this alter uh, like ulterior threat where if they spend too much time trying to blockade Curasant, he's going to take other systems away from them yeah which is always a, a threat yeah he's a warlord he's got a lot of so, military power he's kind of nuts and akbar you find out later this. he has a handlebar mustache don't don't spoil it <laughs> i'm sorry everyone so there's this this but there's the great politics stuff where akbar and boiler how are we saying the, the bothan the bothan provisional council member because that's not a mouthful. Fela. 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 Borsk Fela. Borsk Fela. You know, Borscht. So he's trying to rest. Flowers. He's trying to wrest power from Akbar, yeah. basically because his cousin died in the last the last book. Um, is it his cousin or his brother? I forget which one it is. But I think it's like his. I think it's like his cousin or his countryman or something. I mean, yeah, he, they're they're related somehow. And so he has a terrible to, plan. He's yeah. trying to wrest power from Akbar because he blames Akbar, and so Akbar brings this whole blockade idea up because he knows it'll fail and it's a really good there's a lot of really cool politics stuff i think leia shows up and kind of explains to wedge how the politics work yeah and it's kind of a cool scene it's not too bad it's a little clunky but i but i get it because it's it's the best you're gonna get for a star wars novel it's for for species that don't exist that we don't know anything about it's a pretty solid info dump as far as like how are we going to make this work? And why do these things work? And how do we arrive at this? Okay, we're going to dump Rogue Squadron on Coruscant yeah. under fake identities. So it's like, it actually kind of works pretty good. Is it, yeah, is it clunky? Is it, is it, is it kind of, it's just, it's, eh. like, it's like a little stilted because, like, because she's like, why do you think Akbar suggested this? Mm. And Wedge is like, I don't know. And she's like, because blah, like, like it's, it's very, um, it's a little narrative. But you know what? It's also, it's like a young adult novel. It isn't that bad for, you and I complain all the time that there's no politics in Star Wars. This is great politics in Star Wars. Yeah. So this this really works, and so their whole they finally decide on this idea, like, okay, we're gonna send Rogue Squadron because they're. Well, this is what I like because Rogue Squadron shouldn't all be about flying spaceships and blasting Tie Fighters. Rogue Squadron's supposed to be. Uh, like like this this multi purpose unit, almost you know? like a Mission Impossible team, kind of yeah, the Star yeah, Wars yeah. Universe. Like, yeah. Like just like this commando team, we fly, we fight, we're on the ground, and the the comics do this pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the comics have yeah, them that's true. in the that's air, true. have them on the ground. They're they're spies. Um, they're, spies. Yeah. they're you know what I mean. So I think that's really cool. So um, into that in the novel, I just don't. There's like the whole scene of them on Kessel. So basically, they. This is what bothers me a lot about Kessel. Whatever, I'm, I'm remembering now how much I hated this scene. <laughs> they Kessel has some defenses. Rogue Squadron fucks them up right away. They have like some ion cannons and some proton torpedo launchers. Right, because basically they they've once the Empire falls, the the lead gangster on Kessel overthrows the Imperial forces and sets up his own kind of like gangster 
It's like a drug cartel because he's yeah, selling yeah, yeah. spice. They, exactly. They mine spice on They become Kessel. an independent kind of like colony. Right. Which yeah. is basically the the drug of Star Wars. You know, everyone's dealing in spice. Right. And so he's freed from Imperial Monopoly. He's now just selling it on the black market all himself. So the Alliance comes in and blasts his torpedo launchers and his, and his ion cannons and whatever. And then at that point, they land and they're like... We want. Um, this is what bothers me. They feel it's a negotiation with the guy Monmouth mm-hmm. Duel is his name. He's a he's a ribbit who's actually ribbits are actually one of my favorite uh, species in Star Wars. But let's not get into that. Um, they're like weird lizard people with giant tongues. What's not to like? Why not? <laughs> Anyways, they're like they're like you have to convince me i'm not convinced but keep going <laughs> but so but they land there and at this point so they've destroyed all his defenses and they have the planet blockaded and they're like all right we want these people and the guy and the guy basically enters into negotiation with them where you're gonna have to take the most the worst criminals i have to deal with you're gonna have to take if you want these political prisoners that i have here right and it's like tell that guy to fuck off you just blew up his his proton torpedoes. Well, well, no, lasers, wedge wedge does. You're holding him at gunpoint. But they but they do because there's they have like a um like a they have some Celestians they want who are political prisoners, but they're imperial political prisoners, and the the, the rebels are basically like they're on our side. We want them back, and wedge tries to get them back, and this dude's like, nah, you gotta take this other crazy dude, and wedge goes. Uh no, we're gonna blow up this this shelter over here if you don't give us these Celestians, and he and then he relents, and so there there but is you should like, do that the whole time. But he does do it the whole time. It says in the book that he over and over again is like, we're just gonna keep blowing things up until you give us what we want. Just land and and shoot that guy in the head, and then be like, I'm gonna take whoever I want and leave all the terrible guess, but, people. But he, it's 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 literally a colony full of dudes from the black sun. And this is what's kind of cool. This is kind of what I like about this book is that there's so much like it threads itself very gently into the EU where like these dudes are black sun dudes. So these are all Prince Shizor's. Yeah, they're all ex. shadows of the Empire. So that's kind of a cool callback. Um, and I think one of the guys they have is actually um, oh, one of the one of the Imperial dudes gets sent to Thrawn at one point. Yeah. Right? Isard is like, I'm gonna send that guy to Thrawn to get punished. It's like this this Kessel thing and some of the Imperial stuff, it threads very nicely into the larger EU. And like you said, this is being written at a time when the EU is in its prime. So Kevin J. Anderson, uh, Timothy Zahn, Michael Stackpole, um, I'm, I'm blanking on uh, the writer for Teresa Beckera. Kathy Tires. Kathy Tires. They're all writing these, Never these, these books together, and they're all very gently intertwined. They all no, have a lot true. of places where like, one character or something happens and it all kind of I'll, and this this feels I'll like give a, you that this feels like a very natural where whereas uh luke skywalker and the shadows of mindor felt like a very unnatural shoehorning into the star wars universe jesus this Christ. feels like a natural yeah. you're like you're you're reading if, if i was like yeah all these books written at the same time as the movies and everything connects maybe you could suspend disbelief and go all right that makes sense that's kind of cool like it all it all feels of a piece and this is the yeah. cool this is like when the eu works it really really works for me yeah imagine if there was no fucking nagai toff war or shadows of mindor i do all the time <laughs> but if you imagine those things don't exist this is a pretty straight line from the movies to trisbekura to these books right and then from these books to courtship of princess leia Thrawn trilogy, Jedi Academy. It's a straight line, you know. It all makes sense. It's all it's all very, yeah. When, when we get 
Yeah. Well, when we're trying to do, when they try to do weird retconny stuff or, or yeah, after the fact. five sh- minutes that no one was doing anything here, After the so fact, shoehorny stuff, things get crazy. But Stackpole, he's really writing in these, in this book. And as much as I had complaints about the last book feeling kind of like slapdash, I'm going to write a book to set up another book. This feels like the payoff. And I'm, I'm really happy about how a lot of this, um, and this fits into the what we we got kind of in the last book, and I'm, I'm I mean we'll do it next time, but I'm, I'm excited to see how it pans. No, out no, but because because so, I have and a, I, but I get your I have a theory yeah, that yeah. that and we've talked about this before that the better um, that the better Star Wars novels are the ones that know they're going to get sequels. Yeah, and I get this sense really hard in this book because there's a pace we. The, Stackpole's not jamming shit down our throat in this one, which yeah. I, I got to give him credit for. I don't like the first 70% of this book. I, <laughs> I thought it was so lame. But um, but once they get to Coruscant, this this book is so good. It it wraps it wraps the movies and, and, and everything else that we know yeah. about Star Wars really well. Like, so let's... So let's just skip to to when they get to to Coruscant, right? So uh, yeah, I, th- I think Rogue Squadron this is the meat of the book. Him, yeah. yeah, yeah. Rogue Squadron inserts himself to Coruscant, and they're basically trying to. Um, at first, they're trying to give just basically intelligence about Coruscant right. to to give more information about how how to invade um, and and how best to conquer the planet. But ultimately, they become a key part in actually. Yeah, and I think I think they're taking the planet. Yeah, their goal is to find a weakness to get troops land on the planet to take the planet and so it's interesting because they don't they have no goal so and it's it's cool too because none of them know everyone anyone else is there like we get this plan and wedge finds out this plan from akbar and then Ak- and then, you know, and then wedge gets corin to go and so the next chapter we think only corin and uh reesey or Rihisi are on the planet and then slowly unravels and as the characters find out we find out that all of Rogue Squadron has been dropped off on this planet, and they all have different pieces of this mission to go into different parts of like Gavin and um, Shiel go to Invisec, where like all yeah. the aliens are located, and Corn is kind of like in the higher end part, and Wedge is kind of goes to like the military part. So they all have these different pieces that are playing where they're trying to find out how do we take the shield out, how do we get ships into the atmosphere, how do we get troops down on the planet to actually like invade, how do we get the people on our side, and there's a cool kind of like. It's not super well developed, so I understand some of your frustration. But like, at least for me, it get it kept me turning the pages and kind of find out like what happens next. How do they well, get into yeah. and out of? And we know yeah. we know from the last one because um, because Brace Jores or Jace Brewer Jace <laughs> Brewer Jace Brewer Jace. I keep forgetting this guy's name, <laughs> this dumb idiot's name. So he dead, dies. So he like... dies. But we know that he's been betrayed somehow by someone inside Rogue Squadron. And so there's always Boring this Jace. tension. There's always this tension for the entire book. Like we know someone in Rogue Squadron is the person who's betrayed them, and we don't know. And I kept re-guessing. Maybe it's Tycho. Maybe it's Rahisi. Maybe it's some other dude. We ha- maybe it's the new Celestian he introduces that he. Almost immediately, almost immediately kills off. Hates Celestine, but he does a good job of amping up the tension. This is like this is the stuff that like guys like James Patterson and you know all these like crime writers do really well. Like I'm interested. I know it's kind of trashy. I know it's not super well written, but it kept me turning the pages. Like I I needed to know, and I know it's junky. I'm jiving because because when I got when when they got to Coruscant, it was a totally different story. I love Invisisec. 
I love the idea of this part of Coruscant that's just for aliens. And, this, and it's like cordoned off, which yeah. is clearly the, the only thing that bothers me about it. The, the, if I had to give one objection is that it's not it's not described graphically enough. Like if they really wanted right. to make it like because they're clearly trying to invoke a a a a Nazi fascist kind of kind of thing where it's like people who aren't like us have to go to a place. Yeah, they suck them in a ghetto, and the yeah. ghetto is the, the 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 shape of the ghetto keeps moving because they keep talking about how uh, they have droids that are coming in that are rebuilding around them, literally yeah. rebuilding the landscape around them, and they keep pushing themselves into new areas. I mean, I think I just. I mean, it's just it's just it's not that it's very well it, you, was, you, you don't has, see their plight like you, know you fill in the blanks you know of their plight and and and, and this is maybe a side a side topic but has Nar Shaddaa been established in continuity yet I think so cuz I'm not sure when the Han Solo adventures were written the Han Solo adventures like Hut's Gambit and stuff which are obvious are gold standard EU books um I think they were written at this point. 96? I would think so. Okay. And, I, and, and, and that know, mostly takes place on Narshada. Yeah, and I know there's some scenes... Oh, no. Yeah, because I think Dark Forces... Which I think is like 94. They, they put that out in like 94, maybe? Dark Forces? Yeah, that was... I think you're right. Early 90s. I'm interested in Googling that. Um, has a has a has a mission on Narshada. I think Dark Forces 2 is a mission on Narshada, and that's not too much later. Maybe 97, 98. So... But it feels like they're trying to invoke Narshada here a little bit, where it's like a really poor, crime-ridden part of Coruscant that they have to like. But what I kind of like about it is that, um, regardless of what they're trying to invoke, what 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 they what Michael Stackpole is drawing from and his influences, is that um, ninety-five for Dark Forces. Yeah. Um, wow, the cover. I mean, I, this is a podcast; you can't see it, but look at the cover. It's, you don't like that cover? I don't know. I love that cover. You guys need to Google the Dark Forces cover. It's amazing. (laughs) It's the most Star Wars thing ever. (laughs) There'll never be anything like that ever again. This is, uh, this is how Rogue One's going to open, right? I hope with a bunch of stormtroopers being shot in the face. (laughs) Um, but it ties into the idea. Sorry. So I was saying is I like this because it ties in the idea that the Empire is racist. And I think this is a very subtle way to, um, kind of invoke that racism where before I think for some of the stuff it's so over the top it's so heavy handed it's always like the empire enslaves Wookiees and and uh, and slavery feels like a very cheap way to be like racism whereas this feels like a more subtle more real world more realistic kind of racism where aliens can come to Coruscant they can live in Coruscant but they become second class citizens and they they literally live in the shadows of the empire you know but here's but here's the thing here's the thing you're filling in the blanks because there's not a lot of explanation about how shit ass life is in invisisec i assume that it's terrible but it's not really clear i know like the the bothan that um gavin darklighter wants to fuck real bad (laughs) um seems to make it sound like it's really terrible but she doesn't really like. There's not a lot of description about how bad it's, it is. It's a lot of telling. It's not a lot of showing. Yeah, yeah I understand like, exactly. It's it's and this is because this is because bad, you yeah, see the, bad the historical it, yeah. because you see the historical um, parallel, and so you're like, oh, oh okay, okay, okay. So I, so I can picture it. I can imagine. Um, I can imagine uh, a, uh, a ghetto, and I can imagine that that must be analog- analogous to this. Yeah. And um, but it's not really explicitly pointed out. Other than it, it does make the point that 
aliens are taken advantage of for their labor. Right. Because and that's I, crucial to the rest of the but story. But I think as 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 kind of like a genre fiction, kind of a pulp novel, we have to take in our in stride that some stuff is just going to be told and not, and not shown. And that like we're going to have to rely on the things that they're kind of going, remember this from history? And we're going to have to say, okay, I is it is it? It, but, I mean, it didn't, but Gavin bo- it didn't is going me. through the underworld. I know. Like, it, Gavin's it didn't, like, going but it didn't pull, part. like, I think you're saying it's kind of pulling you out where you're like, I wish I saw more and it feels cheap. And for me, I was willing to suspend disbelief and say, okay, you're saying these things are bad. I have a historical touchstone. Um, I'm willing to use that historical touchstone to make fill in the blanks basically yeah. and say I'm okay with this. And so I think because what you're saying is like the first 70, the first 30%, you're kind of like, that's a little shaky. I'm not totally buying what you're selling me. And I, and and for me, I was willing to buy it because I know it's a lot of air, but I kind of, it's like a bag of chips. I, I, I'm okay with there being some air if I get like the, the meaty, okay. greasy bottom. So speaking of meaty, greasy bottoms, let's get down to interspecies sex. <laughs> oh my is, God. Which is a fairly consistent theme to this book. There's a lot of talk of or doing of interspecies sex because because gavin's got a got the got a heart on for the bothan that's running the resistance movement he suddenly get planet. he suddenly gets one because the, he like he meets no, her no romance she like yeah she like she kidnaps him they're right? in Doesn't they're in a basically, bar basically yeah. and they avoid gunpoint they avoid an imperial uh yeah patrol patrol yeah. and then she was like oh you don't want to dance with me so you're racist therefore you must die yeah Brings them before a impromptu Invisec. lynch mob. Lynch mob. Well, I Basically, brings them to far. a trial where she's like, a trial where she's like, this this human is racist against aliens, and they're like, well, what what's your proof? She's like, well, he didn't want to fuck me, <laughs> and they go, good enough. And they had and they had a a godel who uh, is from a new hope. The guy, the goat man, the guy with the horns, Imos Eisley, and the and goat men, um, and the godals in star wars can read other people's emotions not thoughts just emotions and he's like the star witness he's like yeah he didn't have any boners no boners he was like he was so relieved and when people, she walked and people away were like, rawr, 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 rawr. like peas and carrots peas and carrots no boners no boners and so like they're they're all upset about it, but somehow Gavin so Gavin gets out of that because the Imperials storm that that thing. Right. right. So this is this is and I'm so into this. I love this middle chapter. So the Imperials storm in right as they're having this trial. And Gavin and everyone, uh Nuara and all these other all the other rogues are trying not to blow their cover, right? They're trying to stay in cover. And the Imperials storm in and everyone's like, Well, we're boned. And so it cuts, and then Wedge meets, uh, I think she's undercover as Ayala, but um, uh, Corrin's, I mean, it is Ayala, but she's undercover as somebody oh, else. Oh, uh, Ayala Wasiri. Wasiri, and she's, yeah, she's Corrin's former Corrin's partner. old partner. And then... Uh, she's now a rebel Wh- spy. And Winter shows up, and they're having this conversation about, like, oh, what are we going to do? Like, we got all these rebels. Like, Corrin's here. Like, wh- like our, our plan it might not work, and, like... Then a, a speeder bike comes through the window, <laughs> and then it cuts the next chapter. And Corin uh, almost has a close encounter with um, uh, Kirtan Lore. Yeah, and then the and then he like 
goes on a long walk to cool down from almost born, boning uh, Rahisi, remember? Yeah, And he's yeah. like, he's like, oh, we can't, I can't get too close to her because I love Mira and like all this other stuff. Same problem as last novel. Yeah, same problem as last novel. And he ends up in a bar and one of the guys, he sees Tycho. This is, this is so great. He sees Tycho and he's like, he's Look a, how animated you are right now. This you is are so amazing. This. And yeah, he's like, yeah. he sees Tycho talking to Kirtan Lore and he's like, he's a spy. And then he looks over and he sees one of the dudes that they let go from uh, Kessel and he tries to shoot him and they get in a speeder bike chase and they crash the bike, which is the bike that comes through the window and wedge and wedges uh window, and then yeah. he flies, accidentally flies into this whole uh mob that uh Gavin and everyone else is in the and that the Imperials have also gotten into. So there's this three way fight between like the Black Sun, Imperials, and aliens, and they all es- it's it's just so it should feel way more trite and like, look what I'm doing with this plot. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> but he does it so well that I was like, oh my God, I can't believe all these three things well, it's, are going to tie exciting. together yeah, in yeah. the middle. It's exciting them all being on Coruscant and having these and, and having uh, kind of like, yeah, just like you said, Overlapping, they're not aware of each because other. Because only, only a few chapters, only like maybe a chapter before we've realized that all of Rogue Squadron is actually because before it kind of feels like oh they're just gonna stick corn horn on Coruscant and then oh we gotta deal with this, but actually we get everybody and so it's kind of the nice alliance to be like, will definitely lose if they just yeah. stick corn horn because he will just stick it wherever he is. Um, <laughs> as we find out later. So, but basically, uh, they have this moment and, and everyone finds out oh we're all here on, on and we have to find a new plan, and then Gavin decides. After all of this, after meeting this 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 Bothan for five minutes and almost dying, that he wants to bone her. And we know for some reason that Rogue Squadron loves to bone Bothans. We've seen this in the comics. <laughs> We've seen this in the comics. Tycho and Hobby have been there, hit that. And, Maybe uh, the same Bothan. We don't do- know. It's a small people, it's a small galaxy. Fine. But yeah, so he he asks, I don't know why. I don't want to <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be so juvenile as to spend a ton of time on this, but it's so funny. Because he op- he out and out is like, Corin, can I bone an alien? And Corin's like, child, you need to make sure that your shit can fit in that shit. Not even fit in that shit. Make sure that shit's not like deadly to your shit, <laughs> is his warning. And then uh, who who comes along and tells the well, story? Mira comes over and... Um, um, uh, what's her name? Was Siri there? Yeah, his Wasiri. old partner. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because they, they all at that point they all know that they're on the same planet. Because what's so funny about it is like, so they come over and, and the two of them are kind of like, "Well, Gavin, you know, when you get a little bit older, you're gonna learn what it's like to date another species." Corin knows, and at that point, the chapter digresses. Oh, it digresses. Well, it could have, and at that point, they're like. You know, Corrin knows a lot about having sex with other species in the galaxy. Again, could have ended. And it was like, <laughs> he especially likes Salonians. Have you ever seen strange weasel people in the galaxy? Corrin, he's seen those strange weasel people. You, uh, I don't know if you guys follow us on Instagram, but Ben uh, warned me this is going to happen. <laughs> and then I read this chapter, and I was like, they didn't no. really explain what Salonians look like. And I was like, there's no way these are the weasel people Ben's talking about. And I Google a Salonian, and they're literally giant weasels. They are sometimes, <laughs> at best, drawn as otters. <laughs> I was going to say, best case scenario, otters. Worst case scenario, a weasel. weird weasels. <laughs> uh, it turns out that Corin is allergic to weasel fur. 
Yeah, weasel dander. And space, Who isn't? And space weasels are allergic to human sweat. Uh, at no point is anyone's, you know... Um, uh, how what? do I put this? <laughs> the best, the best thing is, is like at like, every point, your the, your, the your discharges could be highly acidic or highly basic to another alien species, but we're just gonna stick it wherever and find out, right? <laughs> I think like yeah. they could have teeth down there. You don't know. You're just gonna put it like yeah, there's no internet in the Star Wars galaxy, so just plug it in until you find out what works. Yeah, or until you come back a eunuch. I mean, that's. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, uh, it's like electrical sockets in Europe. It's like, do you have <laughs> do you have the right adapter or do you not? Yeah, it's like I could look at the hole and be like, that's not going to work, or I could just go, I'm just going to jam it in there until <laughs> until I get something. Either I get electrocuted and die, or uh, I can charge my iPhone. So Who knows? What, what, what cracks me up about what cracks me up about that whole thing is like I said, at any point, it doesn't need to get as detailed as it does. But it keeps getting more. It keeps and more escalating. Details it keeps escalating until, until it's until it's very very blatantly about Cornhorn fucks a weasel alien. It doesn't really work out because he's kind of allergic to the weasel alien. But this, but this blows. But, but this blows your whole. These are books for teen boys theory way out of the water. <laughs> Michael Stackpole was like out of left Michael field. Stackpole was like, I think adults are going to read these books, and neither of us at this point have been like these are appropriate for either adults or children. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean this yeah, this is definitely pretty inappropriate. I, I think that the Yeah, I have to say I I think that the the level it, it gets so uncomfortable with the level of detail that gets that gets propagated in this. Like it's so Yeah. It it like because I texted you right away after I read the part. I was like, "Did you get to the part where he fucks a space weasel and it's pretty much in in clear light of day?" You know, <laughs> I kind of thought that was an exaggeration or maybe a joke. And then I got there and I my mind was blown. It's uh, it's th- a blast. Okay, so so weird, inappropriate stuff aside, um, it. I still kind of like this book. I still kind of like it. I think... Weasel sex and all. Weasel sex and all. I mean, I think once they get to um, really the meat of it where... Because how... Oh, so there's... But there's also these like digressions uh, on the Imperial side. So the one thing I I didn't like about the last book was Isard's plan and why Kirtian Lore and why Derricote were involved in it felt very like... Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We'll tell you next season. And I never really felt like invested in like why I should feel like they were these devious bad guys that I should fear. And this book totally makes me like never fuck with Isen Isard. Yeah. Like she is it's a big payoff. She is the most devious bad guy we've faced. I mean, maybe ever. Yeah, like, she's genocidal, but without like a. Not, not, not a world destroyer yeah, weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so beautiful. She wants Derrico to build this virus that will only kill aliens because she wants certain Imbisec aliens and very certain aliens, certain, only aliens that are part of the Rebel Alliance because yep. she wants to infect them. So when the rebels take Coruscant as she wants, she wants them to take Coruscant, they will be faced with a disease that will kill all the rebel allied aliens and they won't be able to have enough Bacta to save them and effectively damage those aliens standing in the Republic. It's so genius. It's such a, it's like a political, it's one of those things like if it happened in reality and it was in a history book, you'd go, that's, 
you couldn't write fiction that good. But he's writing fiction that good. Yeah. Like, that makes so much sense. So can I... So do I want to spoiler alert you a little bit just to, to pull it all together? Or do you are you going to uh, lose your mind? I don't care. It's because remember, remember. Do, 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 do you want to do you want to anger our readers? Yeah. Well, there's no spoiler alert for a book that was written in '95. <laughs> so why are you asking me? <laughs> so, um, because because Isard makes a point. I want it to be curable by Bacta, and Curtain and Laura constantly is like, "Are you sure?" Well, right, because there's the whole idea that there's only so much Bacta. I think the Bacta planet is unaligned at this point, right? It's the Faria, and yeah. the next book is Bacta War, right? And guess where Isard's going to show up? Right. She's going to take over that planet right. and make it be a non-allied planet that won't sell Bacta to the Rebel Alliance. So all of a sudden now, yeah. there's no Bacta. Well, I mean, I figured that. <laughs> it's awesome, though. I mean, that's, that's but it's, but it's a, awesome pol- Star Wars politics. That's but, awesome Star Wars politics. But this is, but this is a, a villain that that's scary, that makes sense. She thinks more than a couple steps ahead. She has a plan. She has something very well planned out, not just... I'm going to build a starship that can destroy planets. I'm not going to build a space station that can destroy planets. This is this is good. This is cool. Like if we were Take watching that Admiral Hux. Yeah, if we <laughs> <laughs> If we were going to if this is going to be a TV show, genocidal ginger. This would be a great You hate that guy. I don't know why you hate him so much. Such a one-dimensional character. Uh, well, fine. That whole movie though. Like suck it Weasley. Go back Was to he magic. Weasley? Yeah, he's one of the Weasleys in, in Harry Potter. I need to watch more movies. Bree and I fought about this for a while. It's my, my fiance and I fought about that for a while, and I googled it while we were watching the movie for the second time. And like in the middle of the movie, I was like, "Here, see, suck it. He's one of the brothers." I'm like, <laughs> that's weird. Um, that's like a thing that would like end a relationship for me. But that's cool that you guys are still staying together and getting married. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> But she's deeply. This is like if you were gonna have a TV show about Rogue Squadron, this is the kind of plot you'd want. It's overarching. It's long ranging. Like it lasts. It makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So many plots in in in, in our books and our TV shows are just kind of like, well, I guess we'll make this last for more than three books. But Michael Stackpole really has a has a plan. Like even his tangible details are kind of kind of lacking, and he has to fill it in with. Space weasel sex, I guess you know. <laughs> Just gotta fill it in with space weasel sex. I I think that you know it, it's funny that we've spent so much time talking about this sort of general plot about how to about trying to to bring down the shields on Coruscant and skipped like all this bullshit like Zekathine is the is the guy from uh, Black Sun who. Cornhorn has a history with right. He doesn't, you know, it's like, and Zegathine's girlfriend is a former, is the sister of a, of a member of Rogue Squadron who died. All that is useless. It's, it can all be cut. I mean, every time Aniri shows up, I had to go, who? I totally agree. The whole time I was like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> I kept forgetting. And then I kept having to stop and go, Oh, that's right. That's what's her face's sister, and then yep. like she's Yucatan's totally girlfriend. Agree. And I was like, "Who and, like, is she, that?" She, she, she has an influence on the plot, but it's kind of like 
if you took her out and rewrote some of these chapters, nah, she doesn't really need to be there. Yeah, it's not that important, which is why I don't like the beginning of the book because I think the whole book can can, can happen without this whole Black Sun bullshit. I mean, could this book be 200 pages and not 400 pages? <laughs> yeah. I think but I think this is the problem with um and we can have, we can have this, another conversation about this, but like I think when you're you're writing these books for money, um, you know, they have you have to hit so many pages, you have to hit so many chapters to con- be considered Probably. like yeah. a, a mass market paperback. And so they're saying like, fill this out, give us a four hundred page book. People are gonna pay seven bucks for this or fourteen bucks, whatever it is, for a hardcover in you know nineteen eighty six. Fill it out, make it worth their money, make it you know even though this whole story across. I mean, I think this first arc is maybe six or seven books i think solo command is where this arc ends and the new guy takes over in the writing but um yeah i'm, I'm not, not exactly sure sure but oh it's so but, but i mean it feels like maybe he could have done it in four books but they kind of were like eh, pat it out to seven or whatever it was and you know what you know what's nice it's uh, the other thing about this this whole story is what i really like is their their first plan is very complicated they have this whole plan about there are um to get the shields down, it's going to require swapping out computer cores that give mm-hmm. commands to the shields. Oh, that's right. Yeah, have yeah. To do, they're going to have to swap out a false computer core for a real computer core and this whole thing. And the whole plan doesn't fucking work. Not at all. Because there's a mole in Rogue Squadron. And like you said, Stackpole keeps you guessing who the mole is. Um and I, what I really like about it is the plan. Like, like it would be so easy for the for Star Wars to just be like the plan that the heroes come up with works. Period. Maybe there's like a hitch, but right. like it works. Period. And the whole plan doesn't work at all. And instead, they have to come up with this other idea, this whole other plan about trying to get lightning storms by controlling this. I will have to say, I really like this. They because Coruscant's weather is controlled by satellites that right. reflect light off the sun yes. to create. Yes. That. Yes. Yeah, and they. Yeah. And, which is an awesome detail in itself, but the guy that's running the satellite that they control <laughs> is the, the is cousin. Captain Nita. It's, <laughs> it's his. It's his cousin from the guy who gets strangled on the fucking. It's like a one-off character. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Great, and it's awesome. it's a great comic relief because he's like, now finally my moment to shine, and it's, he's the actually Nita's being, are coming back. The, he's he's <laughs> being used by Rogue Squadron to destroy <laughs> the Empire. It's so it's so perfect. There's also um, probably, in my opinion, the best description of a space battle so far. It's not between snub fighters, which maybe that's part of the problem, but it's between Akbar and the Star Destroyers because yes, they yes. do what they call the Akbar Slash, which is mentioned in the EU several other times. Like this whole, which is actually taken from um, like colonial, like um, uh, what do you call them, like like masted ships. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this whole idea of like get a ship alongside to engage another mm-hmm. ship. So you like. Excuse me. So you like broadside each other, and then another ship caps the T and fucks its shit up. Yeah, while you're, you know what I mean. And like that's considered a really you know a great naval strategy. And obviously, you know, uh, Star Wars novelists have taken that and brought it into you know and brought it into the into the galactic universe. Yeah. You know? And uh, but that's I thought that space battle, this battle for Coruscant, even though it's kind of a farce battle because Asar really wants them to actually take the planet. Um, it's awesome. It's a really well-described battle. It's mm-hmm. exciting. I know what's going to happen, but there is a lot of tension. And it's kind of broken up by this whole thing with Nita. He's like, Yeah, and it feels like... Comic relief. After after some of these there's some of these battles where either the outcome is, like, who cares? Um, 
or it's just too confusing. Like I think like Bakura had a chance to have a really cool space battle where like it ma- like that there was tension and it mattered. Um, but then the space battle is so poorly described that it just yeah. breaks the confusing. tension. Confusing. And it's confusing and it yeah. doesn't really work. Um, I think the last book had the same problem where some of the space battles were like, I don't really know what's going on right now. Um, and this one, yeah, this one really, really works. Uh, you kind of get this little cliffhanger that Corrin Horn is dead, which, you know, God willing, he's actually dead, but we know he's not. <laughs> be too good to be true. <laughs> too good to be true. And they, they do have this sort of like very very 90s defiant prisoner scene at the end where he's like i'll never give anything up to you asard <laughs> but i think th- that's uh it's the epilogue actually i think yeah it's the epilogue we kind of end with the, the the thought that maybe corn's actually dead and you know they've actually taken coruscant and we know better because we know that uh well we're adults we're adults but we also know that Isard's plan is more or less taken effect. I mean, I think there are some hints that uh, it's kind of kind of rushed to completion, and that maybe it's not going to be as effective as she hopes it would be. But it's still going to kill a lot of people, uh, I, and I'm, we know. And and Wedge is kind of like the sacrifices we made. Uh, it's it's kind of dark too, because Wedge kind of at the end he's like standing in Corrin's grave, and he's kind of thinking like, we made a lot of sacrifices, but not enough and he chastises himself he's like it was too easy we didn't lose enough people and we know he's right it's a nice little moment of dramatic irony like yeah you're right you haven't lost enough people you're gonna lose more uh going forward um you just don't know what it's gonna cost and so i think i think uh as far as the previous books we've encountered and the ones we've, we've read this one really makes me want to read what happens next. I know this and you this is your thing like how good is this book compared to what happens next and do the books that have sequels work better than the ones that don't and this one yeah you're right this one because it has a sequel I know there's more coming. I'm so excited to see what happens next and I know it's going to be um even though I know who lives and who dies more or less, I know Corrin lives for a long time. There's an entire <laughs> book dedicated to him, so I know he makes it out of this one. Um, there's still a lot of peripheral characters that I'm excited to see um, what happens and, and who lives and who dies. Not like a lot of the other books, because they're, they're just so like Luke Han Leia. They yeah. make it, they make it yeah. the next one. They you know they're gonna make it through it no matter what, and it's a little boring. This one actually has some stakes, and the cliffhanger is a real honest to god cliffhanger. Yeah, it's it's a um, I I liked I remember Back to War and Kratos Trap being my favorite X Wing novels, and I know they're coming up, so so I'm really excited. I I you know I I do I do like the cliffhanger. I like I said to you, I finished the book before you, so I was like. I was like, hurry up and finish up because I, like, <laughs> right, I want right. to read like right now. I want to keep going, even though I kind of know what's happening um, and what's going to continue. I want to know. But um, I, I guess that's what I mean. Stackpole builds a universe that where that you get a little bit drawn into. And even though they're I mean, I even though I love this shit on shit on parts of this book. Definitely by the end, um, I'm very well hooked and I'm very well into it. How'd you um, how'd you feel about um, Kurtan Lore in this book? Who I think is kind of a wishy washy character pre- prior um, to this. I think in this book he is is more because he's more morally gray, and I think there's an idea that maybe he 
doesn't care as much about the Empire's longevity as Isar does that makes him more interesting. He's more interested in his own self-interest. He's, he's more self-interested. He's more, he's more into his own survival. Um, that maybe he doesn't care if the Empire lives as much as maybe his planet survives. He becomes, kind of at the end, he realizes his, he, he like pushes through his own fear and it's kind of like, if I can survive this, I can be a really dangerous person yeah, in this yeah. new galaxy. The and last chapter. And that's him. really interesting. Like he's like, Isar hasn't killed me and I've screwed up a lot. Maybe I can be something more dangerous and more interesting. Yeah. And more like one of the warlords that the that the rebels are afraid of. Like maybe I can really cause some damage on Coruscant and even if I don't win, I'll establish myself as something it's this, this guy in the galaxy. And I think that's kind of like a cool idea that um they explore a little bit in the EU from my memory um, from some of the other books that like just people like who don't necessarily care about controlling the universe or controlling the galaxy, I should yeah. say, but uh, care about controlling the little corner of it and kind of being their own admiral. And care about themselves. Yeah, you know? being I mean, their own like god moth of some small sector of the universe. And he kind of starts this, this trend. And it's like we know enough about him where it becomes interesting. So I kind of want to see where this goes. Did not really care about him in the last book. I care about him now. Yeah. Uh, I care about to see what happens to him in the next book, especially because Isar leaves him as kind of like, you're on your own. If you do good, uh, you know, you'll see me once. If you do bad, you'll see me twice <laughs> and I'm going to murder you. And so I'm excited to see what happens to him. Um, was his stuff as compelling? Eh, maybe not. Well, definitely, I found myself, you know, we ask ourselves all the time, would you like to see this as a movie? And uh, I would love to see this as a movie. The Absolutely. last few chapters Absolutely. were so vivid. And probably because they were not, they involved very little starfighter, you know. like Mumbo jumbo. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. there wasn't so much techno babble. So like it was easy to follow. And like I loved when the Imperials stormed the the data core processing facility or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, the yeah. one where they build the data core. And um and Wedge is there with the Trendoshian and and they're like trying to load. He's like trying to trick the Imperial agent into selecting the core that he wants him to select. And the Imperial is like bust in and come from the ceiling. That was really vivid, pretty well described. I could picture it really well. It was fun. I, I actually remember thinking halfway through that chapter, I was like, this would be awesome on screen. This would be a blast. You know, like I don't know if everyone would follow what the fuck's going on, but it would be this would be cool. And um, I mean, this, this is what I love about the X-Men comics. This is what sucks the X-Men comics. They're not so awful that we can just like make fun of them straight through. We had to like harp on weasel sex for a while here <laughs> right. to get something really worth laughing about um, because they're generally not that bad. They're, they're good. They're, uh, they're solid. Once you leave out magic wizards and <laughs> all the, the, the dumb stuff, like corn horn, the corn horn stuff, you actually get some pretty cool Star Wars stuff. I think that's, that's, that's where a lot of when we going forward, when we hit the other books, that's where they're going to falter is that they have to have Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and Princess Leia. And I think we, the, the strengths of these books is like you don't have to have those dudes. You can have flawed characters who make mistakes. Maybe they die. Maybe they live. Maybe they die. Um, as far as this book goes, what I so I guess let's do it. Do you want this as part of the canon? I'm gonna 
Oh, 100%. Hardy, yes. Hardy, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely hardy, yes. Would you want to see this movie? You said yes. I want to see this. You know, we know Rogue, Rogue One. We know what that plot's going to be, basically. I would love to see this. If they did a Rogue Two, you know, like my, my conspiracy theory, if they did a Rogue Two, I would love to see them jump 20 years in the future, do a Rogue Two. This is, this is a book I would happily see. It's exciting, yeah. You know, I mean, with some cuts, with some edits you know some some stuff they have to like make work for the new continuity but this is a cool interesting kind of like spy thriller kind of thing they could totally make this work on screen this would be super exciting super fun to watch as a movie um i'm 100 across the board unequivocally on, on board with this book the last book i was kind of like eh, i don't really know if i want to see it and i was worried <laughs> that the next couple books you know worried the next two or three books were not going to be that good this one revives my faith. I think the last one, if you're reading these or if you are thinking about reading these, skip one, jump right to two. I think two is where it picks up. You, yeah, you don't could, really need to. Read you probably could read a one. summary of one on Wikipedia yeah. or Wikipedia, and you'd get the general idea. Yeah, it's not. You don't really nothing need like, one. Nothing really happens. Read part two. You know, read the comic books and then jump right to book two. Yeah, I would say that's a that's a good plan. Yeah, I I, I like this one a lot. I think this one, I said at the beginning, this is my favorite thing I've read so far. I know Ben doesn't totally agree, but so far, <laughs> this, is, this is one of the best things I've read. Um, it's up there with the X-Wing comics, the volume three of X-Wing comics, and uh, Choose by Kara, I, I hands down love. So I'm on board. I'm going to say yes to this one. Yeah, in, emphatically. I mean, I, I, I do, I mean, I, I like to I like to shit on this, but, you know, honestly, it's, 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 Better than your average Star Wars novel for sure, because it's yeah. got a little bit of, it's got just a little bit of depth. It's got enough meat on it to make hey, it worth. We haven't mentioned into. Uh, Oral yet, huh? He was in this book briefly. Oh, for like a minute. He oh. could speak, um, or he could speak. Excuse me. He could breathe the uh, that weird. Oh, gas. that's right. He could breathe the gas. And he was. And he was like. And he was like. Oral can go in there. It, there's like, a oral cool, can flick the switch there's a cool moment where there's a there's a room full of gas and oral's like i'm a bug so i can't breathe air and everyone <laughs> goes that's a thing <laughs> yeah i like that he was like i do not have lungs <laughs> or whatever he says yeah you know what i mean He's he like, fills he fills his bladder with gas i really i really liked that one i really like that part you know i love that character so i was kind of stoked he still got a little bit of a a throw out there, you know what I mean? <laughs> He's still hanging out. Oral's still there with his robot arm. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I know, he's, like, he's like a back to, he's like a back to, uh, whatever. Well, it's, it's too bad that I, you know, that's the only thing that this book could do a little bit better. I wish that they could do, um, I wish that they could talk more about the other characters a little bit more. Like Nawara has a little bit of a bit in this thing, but like for he the does, most yeah. part, it's really just like Corrin Wedge Tycho, you know, like I like it's just, which is fine. I, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't really care as much about the side characters. And I think when he tried in the first book, it was a little bit annoying and it was a little bit shoehorned in and kind of boring. So the fact that he doesn't like go hard and like try to make them interesting, that's fine. Like. He he tries to make Gavin interesting in this book, and it kind of works. It kind of doesn't work, and like I kind of <laughs> care. I kind of don't care. Um, they're fine being background filler. I don't like Corin, but I know enough about Corin Horn where where he's the main character in the chapters. That's fine. Like it works. It's fine. Yeah, Corin's not so obnoxious 
in this one as he isn't in, in yeah they, they tone him down they he they michael stackpole tone, tones him down <laughs> um so yeah i mean we're uh we're down with this one i think i think it's on to the next one what's yeah the, uh... i'm excited for the next one is the next one is the next one back to war oh or kratos trap fuck me i'm pretty sure it's back to war i Let think it's look. back to war T- talk to fill time <laughs> Fill <laughs> fill uh, space while I Google is it. So you guys like Star Wars? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Do it's you back come to here work. often? <laughs> I think it's back to war. Um, no, I'm excited to do this. I'm excited to do their studies. So I, I was doing a little bit of research. We only have oh maybe two or three more of these, and then we hit. Um, we get back to regular continuity. Unfortunately, we have to do. Oh, it is um, Kratos Trap. It is Kratos Trap. Okay, My bad. So we do Kratos Trap, and then we have like two or three more of these, and then we have to do Courtship of Princess Leia. We get oh, back I'm to the so regular. Stoked. I have that in hardcover. <laughs> we have Blood Witches. I'm pretty sure. Um, I think the last one we do out of X Wing or, or Solo Command for a while, and then we do uh, Courtship, and then we have to do like Thrawn Trilogy. And maybe the first part of like the Dark Saber trilogy, and then we go back to X Wing. Yeah, we have some weird stuff. You guys, you guys are in a very fruitful era of uh, Rip EU. <laughs> you know, we, this is still a wild west. I mean, a couple of years we're gonna be old. We're gonna have like a formula for this thing. We'll be sober. It's gonna be boring. Not tonight. Not tonight. I don't. I'm worried I didn't get all this on on tape, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> just press anyway. the button and, we'll and uh, ramble. But we'll hope. That's we'll how hope you podcast, it. right? That's how you podcast. Um, um, yeah, so we're we're doing Crytos Trap next, and then yeah, hopefully I, I do like the X Wing novels, but I would be stoked to get out of this continuity for a hot minute, you know, just for I mean? a little bit. We have a yeah, I think once we get to fucking sick and tired of Wedge Command, I think we're good for a little while. <laughs> we get back to X Wings. Courtship, it's, Courtship of Princess Leia is such a bad book. I'm so excited to read it. I've never read that one, so I'm excited to read it. Oh, you know, like I said, I have it in I have it in hardcover, which is just something else altogether. But it's got have, sexy princes, rancors. I don't own any books in hardcover, so that's really impressive that you own a book that you hate in hardcover. Oh, someone <laughs> gave it to me as a gift, and I at first I was like, "What the fuck would I want this for?" And then I was like, "No, this is you're like podcast important. <laughs> yeah, this is important." <laughs> All right, so. Uh, Next week, we're probably going to have another Solos episode for you guys. We'll figure out what we're going to do for that one. Um, but as it is, uh, thank you so much for listening. Like us on Facebook. Like us on Twitter. Uh, all the links are in our bio Instagram, on our iTunes account. Uh, yeah, everything is there. Like us, follow Tumblr. us. Ask us questions. Um, actually, you know what? We only have one question every week. And I want to address it now. Every time I say, ask us questions, and there's only one question every week, and Steve Bailey, every week, do you, I don't know if you, you follow our Facebook. I know I do a lot of the stuff, the social media stuff. You, yeah, you're, yeah, right. you're, you're really good about Instagram stuff. I always follow our Facebook stuff. Steve Bailey always asks us about the uh, Ewok movies. Oh, yeah. That yeah, came out right. in like the 80s and 90s. And he's always asking us questions. And I'm always like deferring us answering these because <laughs> I've never seen the movies. Have you watched the Ewok movies? Uh, yeah, yeah. You have. Okay. So, Steve, I swear to God, we're going to get to these movies. <laughs> Just not right now. I don't know. Should we? Well, maybe we'll backtrack. 
Well, I figure we'll reset at some point. I mean, at any given we have, time, we're going to be like, these X-Wing novels are really sucking our souls out. <laughs> at some point, we're going to get to like the Legend of the Forest, like crummy like 2000s novels, and we're going to want to give up. Yeah, totally. And we'll go back. We'll need to reset. Steve, we're going to reset. We'll get Just there. hang in there for us, buddy. Um, keep re-Facebooking us <laughs> to all your friends. Do it. And just trust that we're going to get there for you. I just want to, like, he always asks me, like, when are you going to get to my question? Here's the thing. Haven't watched those movies yet. Can't answer your question. Caravan of Courage? Caravan of Courage. And uh, I think it was the first the first one. He has some question about, like, the aliens. He's like, why are, why are all the Ewoks afraid of those aliens? After? The Marauders? And it's Marauders. That's a terrible name for an alien. Uh, it's very, it's very Mad Max. An alien species. It's very the Mad Marauders. Nah. Like, it's very 80s, 90s. Well, all right. This is uh, this has been Wedge's Gamble. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time. We'll see you next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to Rest in Peace EU, the Star Wars Expanded Universe podcast. If you'd like to know more about our show, please visit ripeu.tumblr.com. Our theme music is GoGo 60s, written and recorded by Dave Depper under a Creative Commons non-commercial attribution license. For more work by this artist and others, please visit freemusicarchive.org. RIPEU is unaffiliated with nor endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited or their associated companies. All characters, places, and events are the copyright of their respective trademark and copyright holders.